Welcome everyone to the Ave Torah Daf Yomi Shiur. Today's Shiur is Daf Samach Vav. We will begin on Daf Samach Vav Amur Aleph. Just a reminder for anyone listening, tomorrow's Daf Yomi and going forward through the summer, we will be switching times. The time for Daf Yomi will be 7 o'clock a.m. You could pray before or afterwards, but we have a Daf Yomi at 7 o'clock a.m. We're looking forward to seeing everyone. Sometimes it will be given from Har Lebanon, sometimes from the Deal Shul. Regardless, Hashem, we will have Zoom hookups available, and we'd like everyone to join. Um, as usual, hopefully we'll get more participants. Our um, we, we left off yesterday trying to figure out about the pod and the Seir of Yom Kippur. We had said that if the pod and the Seir of Yom Kippur was left over from a previous year, then it was going to be not good. No, I'm sorry. If it got lost, I'm sorry. We said that if it was lost, it was no good. And we said, why is it no good? We're worried that maybe you might have a chatat that passed its year. And we're afraid that maybe, in other words, we're afraid that maybe this chatat will be over one year old. And the halakha is that, of course, the se'ir has to be less than a year old. And therefore, since we're worried that next year it might be over one year old, therefore we cannot do it. So the Gemara asks, what are you talking about? Of course it's going to be over one year old. If it was eight days old now, and you wait till next Yom Kippur, obviously it's going to be more than one year old. So the Gemara answered that our mission was going according to Rebbe, who had said that we measure the year of the animal like the solar year, which is 365 days, as opposed to uh, the other way to measure, measure with the lunar year. In the lunar year, it's only 354 days. And therefore, um, therefore, it's possible, it's impossible to get to the next year according to the lunar year. It's impossible to get to the next year, and the animal's always going to be more than a year old in Pasul. But when it comes, if you measure the age of the animal due to the solar year, so since it's 365 days, if the animal was exactly 8 days old on the first Yom Kippur, the next Yom Kippur, it's not yet 2 years old, and it would be okay. So it is a gezerah. You with me, um, Binyamin? Okay. Says the Gemara, Ha-tenach That's good for the se'ir. Pad, ma'ikalamemad, we're on the top of what do you do about the pot? After all, the pot is kosher for up to three years. And therefore, if the pot is kosher up to three years, why would the pot be pasul if you lost it? So what if it's lost? Even if it waits till next year, it'll still be kosher. You're right, but we're afraid if we let you reuse the par, you might also reuse the seir, which would be a problem. Okay? Says the Gemara, are we going to kill the animal because it's of a gezerah? Meaning, it's one thing that if you want to say because of gezerah, we're going to let the animal graze, so we're not doing anything physically to harm an animal that's really kosher. But if you have an animal that's really kosher, are the chachamim going to say, kill it? You know how to kill an animal that's really kosher for a korban? The odd another question, Even a khatat 
Forget the pot. Even the chatat shavrash rayaz, you only send it to graze. You don't kill it. We look at it as if it's sitting in the bed of the so a quail can't go get it. And we let it graze. So you see, Rish Lakish is saying that we just let it graze. Why would we kill it? Says the Gemara. We have another answer. We're worried about a stumbling block. If we use it again, it might have a stumbling block. What stumbling block might we have? We're going to see soon. Titania, we learned in the Brighter. Nowadays, you can't make something hektesh, or you can't say, I'm going to give the value to Beta Mikdash, and you can't say this is cherem during these days, because there's nothing to do with it. We don't have Beta Mikdash. If a guy did these things, he took his, uh, his uh, bowl and he says, this is hektish. What do we do? So if it's behema, behema tiaker, we uproot it. We'll see what that means in a second. Perot, if it's fruit, or kesut, or clothing, vikelim, or it's utensils, yakirkavu, we let it rot. Maot, viklimat, if it's money, or metal things, the you send its value to the yamamelach, to go to the garbage. When we say we have an animal, we have to uproot it. What does that mean? You lock the door in front of it, and it dies from hunger. So you see from here that just like we see that we're worried that something's going to happen to Hekdesh, right? So to the part of Seir, we're worried that someone's going to use it during that time. And therefore, it's a problem. In other words, we don't want to leave an animal, Binyamin, all year that no one's allowed to touch it. And saying that this animal can only be used on Yom Kippur, we're afraid someone will use it for something, and therefore, we let it, let it die. Moses, what are you worried about during that time? If we're worried that maybe someone's going to offer it as a korban, then, then, then every animal that has to graze, you should worry and kill it. Right? Maybe someone's going to offer it as a carbon. Why, why do we ever say that any animal could graze? And if we're worried that maybe someone will use its wool, or maybe someone will use the plow, and you're not allowed to use the plow because it's it's holy, we should do that by every single time the Torah says that you should let it graze. We should worry about the same thing. So my answer is no. Le'olam, really? Takala da'akrava, we're worried about ha'akrava, offering on the zbech. Hanach, t'lav b'nei akrava, these are not offerable. In other words, people, they're not re- re- ready to offer the korban, so we're not worried. In other words, a regular hektesh and hechrem over there, we, we're not worried about it. And therefore, it's okay. But those we're worried about. So in other words, the seir and the par, since they're really ready to be offered as a korban, we're worried you might uh, bring it as a korban. Yeah, the one that's lost, exactly. Okay. 
And this machloket about takala is actually machloket tanaim. The Tanya Chada, one rabbi said, Pesach shelo karav. Berishon, if you have a korban Pesach that wasn't karav in Pesach Rishon, you could offer the same korban Pesach on the second Pesach. So Yanni, let's say a guy separates an animal, we'll call it um, um, sheep one for the korban Pesach. Pesach Shini, you could do it on Pesach Shini, you could take sheep one and use it on the, the 15th of ER if he was Tamir the first time. Pesach Shini, if he didn't get to offer in Pesach Shini, Yakriv Shinvai uses it next year. Tanya Eder, the other rabbi says, Lo Yakriv, you shouldn't offer next year. My love, let's assume, Takalapli, the machloka between the two Tanaim, is probably that. The reason why one rabbi says that the Korban Pesach should be offered the next year and the other one says not is because they're arguing whether or not we're worried that during the course of the year someone might offer it as a Korban since it is designated as a Korban. That's what they worry about. Why is not necessarily? It could be that these two Tanaim are not arguing about that. Rather, they have a different um, point of contention between them. Lo, the kula alma lo hashin takala. Everyone agrees that we don't worry about takala, and we don't care about. We're not worried that anything is going to happen. Hacha here the pluk to the biyochan rabbanan kamifliki. We're arguing with the machlok between biyochan and rabbanan. Vilokash, it's not a question. In other words, they're arguing about the machlokah whether or not we count the year 365 days or we count the year as 354 days. Who's here? Ah, Joey. Good morning. How are you? You came just in time for the new Mishnah. You're with the program. I'm away today. I'll be back tomorrow, but it's not But we want to start 7 tomorrow, Joe. 7 a.m.? That's what we want to do. Yeah, could you, is it possible for you, or you can't pull, swing that? I can swing 7, but I have to pray at 8. Okay, so pray afterwards. It's better to learn first, or it's better to pray first? It's mutar to learn first. 100% mutar. Okay, so exercise before seven. Okay, we want to do it. We, there's a lot of guys who could only do seven from deal. So we're going to have a Zoom in deal with guys joining us. So it'll be good for everybody. Moosey can't come. He's going to work by eight. A lot of, it looks like it's going to work better for everyone like that. I'm not in the, I'm I'm gonna be in deal for six weeks, but I'm not going for the next two. I'm still in Brooklyn for two two more weeks before I go. And when I do, we'll be still be talking over here like this. It's everyone will come to Harlebanon, on. We'll have the class, and we'll do our thing. And you can pray at eight. You go downstairs. Have minyan at eight. Okay. Shimshon wants to pray at 6, but ignore Shimshon. That's Shimshon's idea. Okay, we'll work it out. Let's finish this thing, Binyamin, okay? So now, so we want to say that the Machloket is about whether or not the year is 365 days or the year is 354 days.
Vilokasha. Ha the Rebbe, ha Rabbanan. One's Rebbe, one's Rabbanan. Why says Vatanya? How could you tell me that the Machloket is about 365 days a year or 354 days a year? It doesn't say the right of a Chen Hamaot. It says that also the money that you set aside for Korban Pesach and you didn't use, you shouldn't use for the next year. Now, if you're worried about the money, oh my gosh, Eli, welcome. Hold on, I'm going to tell you the new schedule also in a second. Okay? So, if we're worried about the money, money doesn't get old, and therefore, for sure, the problem is not that. So we see that the machloket between the two rabbis is about whether or not you might use it during the year. Money also, you might use it during the year, and that's the problem. Okay, are we clear so far? I see everyone, yes. I see my two uh, strong students, yes. Okay, we're starting from the Mishnah. You ready, guys? Okay, new Mishnah. Says the Gemara, Balo Eshel Seirah The Kohen comes next to the Seir that's being thrown on Masalayach. We're up to the next part of the, of the Avodah of Yom Kippur. The Kohen Gadol has to do the the goat that's going to get thrown off the cliff called the Seir Mishalayach. He goes there, he puts his two hands on it. This is what he would say. Ana Hashem, please Hashem. Your Jews have sinned. Your nation has sinned. Ana Hashem, please Hashem. Kaperna, please forgive the hatayim v'avarotu pashayim to the to the sins, the different types of sins. Shechatu shavu shabashu b'nafalecha v'chabetzel that the Jews sinned in front of you. Kachetu b'torat Moshe avdecha lomar like it says in Moshe Torah ki b'yom azei chaper alechem ta'etchem b'kol chadam v'chadashem t'taru. The Kohanim and the and the Kohanim, the Am and the nation, how many was that which are standing in the courtyard of the Beit Hamikdash? Kiddushamim, when they would hear Shem and Farash, the the the, the, the straight out name, Yudke Vavke, Shayyotzei Mipi Kohen Gadol, that comes out of the the mouth, the Kohen Gadol, Hayukodim, they would they would bend, Ushdachim and bow down, Vlimadim and fall on their faces, Vlimadim and say, Baruch Shem Kol Machdol Amayad, they're saying, Blessed is Hashem's name. When you hear the name of Hashem, that's read straight out, you have to bless it. Then what happens? After the Kohen does the vidui on top of the animals, they give the animal to the guy whose job it is to take it to the place where it's going to get thrown off. Any Jew is kosher to take the, the goat to throw it off the cliff. The rabbis made a rule that we only we don't they didn't let Yisraelim do it. Technically, uh, any of us would be okay to do it, and all us Yisraelim. But the rabbi said only Ivan or someone like him or someone uh, a Kohen could do it. Rabbi Yossi disagrees, and he says there's a story that there was a guy called Arsala who was a Yisrael, and he was the one who sent it off the cliff. So it's not necessarily an iron, ironclad rule that we only allow Kohanim to do it. Now, this is an interesting thing. There was a ramp, Kevesh Asulo Mepnea Babliim. They made a ramp because of the Babylonians. 
a ramp that would go from the Bet from the Bet Mikdash out of Yerushalayim in order to avoid the crowds jumping on this goat. What would happen? Why? Because the Babylonians, they would pull on the hairs of the goat. These Babylonians were so excited to get rid of their sins that they would pull on the hairs of the goat as it goes out. And in order to avoid that, they would make a ramp so they couldn't get to it. So it's like a bridge going from the Beit HaMikdash out of the city in order that no one could get their hands on the goat. It's not clear if they were pulling the hairs of the goat or they were pulling the hairs of the guy who was sending the goat out. What? Well, they, they're just very anxious to get rid of their sins, so they just wanted, they want, they, they want to hurry the guy along by giving him a push. Not such good, not such good behavior for Yom Kippur, you would think, no? Jewish, Jewish. Yeah. They came to the Beit Hamikdash, I guess, for the, for the, for the. You know, for the ceremony. Yeah. Okay. Now, they would say, Tool, go. Get, take it and go. Tova said, take it and go. They would pull the guy, go, hurry, hurry, yalla, get out of here with, the, with our Averot. So in order to avoid these guys, it's not true if we're worried that maybe they'll pull out a hair, and then they did Averot pulling out hair. Or maybe uh, we're just worried for the safety. So we just say, we, they made a ramp so no one could get to it. Okay? Next. Says the Gemara, So there's a machloket whether the Sira Mishtalech is a kapara for the Kwanim, Yisraelim, and Levi'im, or only from the, for the Levi'im and Yisraelim, but not Kwanim. We had that machloket before. We want to say that. From the fact that you see that the Kohen Gadol is only mentioning is only mentioning uh, Yisraelim and not mentioning the Kohanim, it looks like he's only bringing kapara for the Yisraelim and not the Kohanim. So it's not going like the Yudah, who says that everyone gets a kapara from this. So Abaya Amar, no, a few Tamil Yudah, our Mishnah could also be the Yudah. At the Kohanim, love Bechal Amachal Yisraelinu. Aren't Kwanim also part of Hashem's nation? We also call the Kwanim Yisrael. So therefore, you don't have any proof that our mission is not Rabbi Yudha. Our mission could be Rabbi Yudha. So far, so clear? So just because it said, he says the Correct. And now we're saying, no, not necessarily. We all say, the nation Yisrael, we don't just mean only Yisraelim. It could be Kwanim also called nation Yisrael. Good? Okay, now we said We gave it to the guy who's going to move it around. It says the pasuk. The pasuk says, if you look at the pasuk on the side, it says, Pasuk bet on the side says, He puts the two hands on Roshav Seir, and you confess on it. And the end of the pasuk says. And you send it in the hands of a man of his time, Hamidbar to the desert. Ish says go back to the Gemara. Ish, the word ish, that allows 
a non-Kohen to do it also. Iti, from the word Iti, Sheyem Muzuman. He has to be ready from beforehand. He has to be prepared. You can't just select the guy on your on Yom Kippur. He has to be ready from Erev Kippur. Iti is from the time. Va'afilu b'Shabbat. From the time it teaches even on Shabbat. Iti afil tumah, even if he's tamed. So from the word iti, we're learning, number one, the guy's got to be ready for him beforehand. Number two, even if it falls out on Shabbat, we still send him to push it off. And even the tumah. Now what's the chidush? Says the Gemara, ish, the brightest says ish, lachshir to allow a non-kohen. Pshita, of course. Ma'otema kapalak tivebe. Kamash malando. Gemara says no. You might have thunk that since it says kapara, and we have a tradition that any time we're doing something for a kapara on Yom Kippur, it should be done by a kohen. So you might have thought that even throwing this guy off the this goat off the thing might also be since it's a kapara, it could only be kosher with a kohen. Says the no, not, that's what we're telling you. No, not necessarily. Okay. Iti, we said, Iti, Afil Bishmat, even on Shabbat, Lamai Hechata, what's the Chidush of that? Of course. Why do, I think that, why do I need to know that you even push him off the thing on Shabbat? Right? Of course you can push him off the thing on Shabbat. Why wouldn't you? Welcome, Ivan. How are you? Uh, Ivan, we're thinking of moving it to 7 o'clock tomorrow, but we'll talk to you about it tomorrow, okay? I'll tell you. To, okay. Says the Gemara, Amar of Sheshat, Lomar, Shima Yechole, Markivo al Kitefo. This teaches you that if the, if the guy was sick, let's say the, 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 the sheep, the goat that's being thrown off can't walk and doesn't want to walk, the, the guy who's taking it is allowed to carry it on his shoulders and throw it off. Don't think there's a problem of carrying on Shabbat, it's okay. What'd you say? We did learn it. Yeah. So now the Gemara is saying, now, so again, our brightest said that you could do it even on Shabbat. So we're learning over here, who is this going like? The Gemara wants to say now that our, our brightest, which says that you could you could push the carry the animal on Shabbat, even even if Yom Kippur falls on Shabbat and the animal can't walk, you're allowed to carry it. It cannot be going like Rav Natan, because if it was Rav Natan, Rav Natan holds is the concept of Chayinosetatzmo, that every animal that's alive is able to walk on its own, and therefore when you carry someone that's able to walk on its own, you didn't do a Yisur on Shabbat because it's able to walk. So if you say that. Like Rav Natan, he would never say a Mishnah that you need a pasuk to allow you to carry it on Shabbat. If he holds anyway, you're allowed to carry it on Shabbat because it's able to walk on its own. So it must be our Mishnah was not written by Rav Natan. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? I have a lot of light stairs from Hamra. Hamra, don't fall asleep on us over here. You understand what I just said? Rav Natan holds if it walks on its own, you're allowed to carry it. And therefore, he must not have written the Mishnah. Because if he would have written the Mishnah, he would never need a pasuk to say you're allowed to carry on Shabbat. I'm always allowed to carry animals on Shabbat because they can walk on their own.
Oh, that's coming up next. Good question, Binyamin. Good question. Okay, hold that question for a few seconds. Says Gemara. says no. Afil Tamer Natan. It could even be written by Rav Natan Al Why? Chalashani. Since our case is talking about a sheep that got sick, so since it got sick, it can't walk anymore, and therefore even Rav Natan will agree that you can't carry it because it got sick. Joey, you got that or no? Uh, it looked like that to me. When you turned to him with that little nod, it looked like he, he, he called it from before. Okay. I'm a Rafram. So Rafram said, this is Benjamin's point. Okay. Zotomer, this tells us, Eruv Shabbat. Raphram is saying it sounds like the Tana of our Brighta holds that there is no Isur of carrying on Yom Kippur. Because otherwise, why would he mention Shabbat? Now, we're not going to agree with Tosot. There's a Tosot in Rashi that doesn't agree with this fully. But we're going to leave it for now. But this is the the opinion of Raphram from this writer. Let's go further. Says that's Binyamin's point. Et. Now we all hold that you're not allowed to carry on Yom Kippur also, but we'll, that's a more complicated. We're not going to get involved in that now, especially since my phone is running out of juice. Says the Gemara. Et. Et. I feel even when you tell me you're allowed to do it. What does that teach you? What are we learning from that? Amar of Sheshat. Lomar, if the guy that we appointed to, to throw this, this goat off the cliff got tamerified, we're still allowed to let him go into the azara to take the animal out. Even though he's tamer. That's a big chidush. We don't usually let anyone tamer ever in the Beit HaMikdash. But since this guy was appointed and he got tamerified, we're allowed to let him go into the Beit HaMikdash to get it out. Says Gemara, Shalut Rabbi Yehazel asked Rabbi Yehazel, "Chala mahu shekmei aktefo?" They asked him this question: If a, if the if the seir got sick, could you carry it on his shoulder? Now Rabbi Yehazel is getting out of the, all the questions he asked him. He doesn't answer questions that he didn't hear the answer from his rabbi. So we're going to see how every time he gets asked questions, he pushes off. The first one is this one. Then we're going to see many other questions that they ask him. And he gets out of answering the question when he doesn't want to. He, he doesn't answer the question he didn't hear from his Rebbe. Amar he told him, He said, What do you mean? When they asked him, If the goat gets sick, could we, could we put it on our shoulder? He says, No, the goat will be very strong, and it could carry us on its shoulders. That's just a way of getting out of the question. Okay? And he, they asked another question. Let's say the guy taking it out got sick. Uh, could we send it in somebody, on somebody else? If the guy got sick, could we send it with somebody else? He says, Inshallah, he should, the Shaliach, when he gets sick, he, we, Inshallah, we shouldn't have to switch him. Don't ask a question. Basically, he got out of this question too. Next. Dachvu, they, they asked him another question. Dachvu, they pushed off the animal. Vilomet, 
and it didn't die. What happens if they shoved the animal off the cliff, and the animal didn't die? It, uh, it, it caught itself. Does the guy who pushed it have to follow it to kill it? Inshallah, it should die quickly, like all your enemies, Hashem. Another time, avoiding the question. He didn't answer the question. He just said, Inshallah, it should die. Okay. Yes. What? No, no, we don't stone it. The, normally, we shove it off the cliff. We don't have to stone it. It dies before it gets anywhere. So this time, it happens to court itself and didn't die. So the question was, do you have to kill it? The rabbi didn't answer. No, no, we never stone it. This animal doesn't stone it. It dies by falling off the cliff. Yes, Azazel, yes, yes. We never stone it. We we push it off the cliff. Stoning is for people who break Shabbat. We stone it, but not from a cliff. That's a tall building that they throw them off of. Two different things. Okay? The Chachamim, the rabbis say, Chala, if, it got, if the animal got sick, you can carry it on your shoulders. If the guy got sick, you do send somebody else. If you push him and he didn't die, you do have to go down and you do kill it by hand. Okay? They answer all the questions that the rabbi didn't want to answer. Now, once we're on the subject of questions that the rabbi didn't want to answer, we're going to go through a few more of them. Says the Gemara, Shalut Ploni Mau There's a guy, certain guy. We want to know: Does he get Olam Abba? Amalem Lo Shaltuni Ploni. Oh, you must have asked me about a different guy. So he changed the subject. They asked another question: Mau Minari. Um, can a shepherd save an animal from a lion that's eating it? Even though you're taking away the food of the lion, can you save it? You must have asked me whether or not you're allowed to, you must have been asking me about whether you're allowed to save the shepherd himself from the lion. So they, he pushed him off. Then they asked, Okay, can you save the shepherd from the lion? Oh, you must be asking about the sheep. Again, he keeps switching the topic and not answering the question. Then they asked, If you have a kid who's a mamzer, which means that his father had relations with a married woman and they had a baby, can the, fa- can the kid inherit the father? And Right, right. If can he do yibum? If his brother dies, if his brother is a non, his brother is a non there, Can he marry the guy's wife? There's another question. He says, is a person allowed to uh, whitewash his house now that Beto Hashem is destroyed, or do we say no? It's not nice. You have to always keep a zechel the korban. Can a person so? He answered him back. He says, oh, are you allowed to put um, whitewash on your grave? 
Again, changing the subject. Oh, I'm sorry, that's his answer. His answer is, what are you, are you allowed to do, you boom? Right, so he, he, he answered the question with a question. Exactly. The question inherent, he gave back, he boom. Okay, so now the Gemara says, uh, The reason why the rabbi did not answer the question is not because he's, he's, uh, he doesn't know what the answer is. He never said anything he never heard from his Rebbe. When you spoke to him, he always was telling you things that he heard from his Rebbe. And that's why he never said anything he never heard from his Rebbe. That's why he never answered these questions. Okay. That's my my daughter's calling me. Okay, let's let's see if we continue. Am I back on? Okay, good. Says the Gemara. Shara Isha Chachama et Eliezer. A wise woman asked to be Eliezer. Egel Shavin. Since the Egel is equal. In other words, they should all die the same way. How come after the Egel, there were many people who died in a plague, and some people died when they, when, when they, they drank the water and they died from drinking the water with the Egel, Egel with the crushed up Egel in it. He says, how come they all didn't die the same death if they all did the same thing? Amalah, so he told her, and el Women are wise about weaving, but I'm not answering a Torah question to women. This is an inch, I, I see everyone likes this answer over here. It looks like this is getting, this looks like a popular answer. Um, not such a simple thing why he doesn't want to answer the question to the woman. Um, it seems like they're not clear whether this is because he didn't answer, he never heard this from his Rebbe, so he's just getting out of the question because he doesn't hear it from his Rebbe, or he doesn't answer questions to women uh, because he doesn't want them getting too uh, too involved in these things. Unclear. Let's, we're going to leave that for now. Itmar, Rav Levi, Rav Levi, Chadamar Zibach Vikiter. Besayif, gifef v'nishek b'mita. Okay, the machloke when a guy does regarding the egel, he says that anyone who made a sacrifice or or ketoret to it got killed by the sword. Gifef v'nishek, if he hugged or kissed the egel, then they died b'mita. Samach b'libo, if he was happy, then he died b'hadrokin. What is it? How does it translate Hadzokin over there, Eli? What? Okay, some kind of death of Hadzokin. The Chazamar says no. Edim, internal disease. Okay, the Chazamar, and this second opinion is the one that's brought in Rashi, says, 
Edim, if there's witnesses, hatra'a, and warning, beside if they killed him with the sword. Edim, below hatra'a, if there's witness, but they didn't warn him, mitah, then he dies with their shamayim. And lo adim, below hatra'a, then he dies ahead of king with that illness. Okay, that's the one that's brought in Rashi, that's the one that's, this, this second one is the famous one. Amr Yehuda, Shevto Shelevi lo avad avad kachomim. Shevet Levi never did Avodazara. How do we know? Shneemad vayamod Moshe b'shalom machaneh. Because it says after the Egel that Moshe stood in the in the side of the machaneh and he said Mila Hashem Eli and Bnei Levi came to him. So if Bnei Levi came to him, obviously they didn't do Avodazara. Yati Ravina becomes another Shmaita. Ravina said this over from Rabbi Yehuda. Eighthly, Bnei Rapapa bar Abba le Ravina. So Bnei Rapapa asked bar Abba asked Ravina. It says about Levim that they were strong in serving Hashem, and then when they had to kill people, they said, when they spoke to their father or their mother, they said, I don't know who he is, and they went would kill him, the Shem Hashem. So now, if you're going to tell me, I'm sorry, the rest of the book says, it sounds like they're killing their father, their brother, and their kids. So if you say, B'nai Levi, never sinned, how are they ever killing, killing their father? Their father's also going to be a Levi. Their son also has to be a Levi. Right? When Moshe had to kill the people who did Avodah Zarah, it says Levi'im killed whoever did it, and they, 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 didn't, uh, they weren't uh, a favorite, playing favorites. What do you mean? But there shouldn't be anyone. I don't know Levi'im did it. It's a question of Yehuda. So he answers the question. He says, Aviv, Avi Imo, Mi'istael. Aviv means your grandmother, your grandfather, your maternal grandfather. So if your mother's father, you call it your father, and they would kill them, they would Yisrael. When it says Echav, Echav mi'imo mi'Yisrael, it means a half-brother from your mother, and he's Yisrael. And Banav, it means B'nei Bito, it's your grandson from your daughter, Yisrael, your son-in-law Yisrael, that's what we're talking about. Okay, last piece before we get to the Mishnah. The Kevesh law, they made a ramp for him, for the for the guy, because the Bablim. They weren't Babylonians. They were actually Egyptians from Alexandria. So why do they call them Babylonians? Because they hated the Babylonians, they called these guys who were doing the wrong things Babylonians, even though they really were. Alexandrian. Now, why do they hate the Babylonians? Because the Babylonians were supposed to come build the second Beit HaMikdash. And they never came because they, their life was too chilled in Babylonia. So, they didn't like them. And now when anyone's doing anything wrong, they're calling them Babylonians. Really, really, they were Alexandrians. Tanya also reviewed Now, Rabbi told him, Thank Hashem should relax you that you relaxed me. Because Rabbi Yossi was from Babylonia. And when he read the Mishnah that the Babylonians were doing these things, he was upset. So therefore he told him, Hashem should help you that you helped me, that you explained the Mishnah that's really talking about Alexandrians who aren't my countrymen. So now they said, Tul said, take it and go. Tana, we learned in the Brayta, Mashu den They were saying, why are you waiting over here? You're going to keep our our um, sins with us for too long. Okay, we're going to stop over here. Baruch Adonai Amen, Amen. I'm going to stop this recording. One second.